Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access, but how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings by filling at your own hospital pharmacies? Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx Benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies, from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years, and our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems, with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Welcome to The Bo and Luke Show, a podcast designed to inspire you to be better, know better, and do better. You can connect with Bo and Luke on social media at The Bo and Luke Show, or send us an email at fanfeedback at theboandlukeshow.com, brought to you by Sound United. Without further ado, let's get after it. Bo and Luke Nation, I am sitting here with my co-host, Bo Brabo. I'm Luke Kerrigan. We have a return guest tonight. We have Kiki Osterbeck. Kiki, we're so happy to have you on. And we actually, we have Kiki on for a special reason, because we had a question after we interviewed John Sovich. And after the episode, Bo and I usually, you know, talk for a little bit. And this question popped up and we knew Kiki was the perfect person to ask about this just from a perspective of what's going on in the brain. So first of all, Kiki, welcome to the show. How are you? you. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Good. All right. So I'm, I'm just going to let this spill out of my mouth because I'm not sure of like the exact way to word it, but people will know what I'm getting to. So ego, one of the worst qualities that people can have. I think everybody has it to a certain yeah. extent, especially in different areas of their life. Like some people might have a big ego at work. They don't have one at home. Right. But what our question was is when ego gets in the way and we start making different decisions, what's happening in our brain? And is there something going on in our brain that's actually changing to have us make those decisions and to build upon that? If we're recognizing that something is changing in our brains, is that a step to noticing what's happening in our body and then changing the behavior that results from having the ego for those situations? Mm. I um, Well, let me first uh, make clear that I am not a professional expert on the brain. I uh, have studied a lot about the nervous system and obviously the uh, brain that is in our head because um, I, I wrote an article about it some time ago and there's a lot of information. I think, Bo, you published something, as, uh, posted something as well that we have three brains, right? Based on the definition of what the brain really is. And that being said, I think the ego, there's a very interesting um, from uh, Gestalt therapy. They explain the ego, I think, in a very clear way because... In our day-to-day language, 
we would consider, like you said, the ego as something that is not mm, not a positive uh, presence. And we definitely are very, it's very easy to see people we would consider to have big egos. And, um, but I think the ego from the Gestalt therapy point of view is considered to be our defense. It's what mm. protects us. And the, the function of the ego really is protection and control. And when you really look at our own behavior on a day-to-day, we all have ego. Sure. Why? Because it's, uh, it's, a very, it's, it's a very risky experience for us to be human. Right? Like, mm-hmm. because we are so sensitive. I think I told, we were talking about that in the last conversation. Like the fright or flight, right? right? Yeah. Yes, but our Either. nervous system is really sensitive. Like through evolution, it's, 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 it's meant to be sensitive because we can potentially be in danger. And our environment has changed so much that the idea of danger and risk has changed a lot. Now, and I think we're all aware about also the idea that um, being afraid or danger are also two different concepts, right? Like, sure. Like for when there's real danger, obviously it's um, it's a very healthy way to react with fear, and then to react on that. What whether that behavior is to run away or to fight or whatever is best for your system in that moment. Mm-hmm. And danger, fear, on the other hand, when you look around you and there's no actual danger, then you also know that it's always a past experience that sort of uh, alarms you for and questions like, is this something we can handle in this moment? And then you got to have the awareness to um, to be discerning. Yes, we can. Or like, let's what you know, whatever that behavior is for that um situation that you're in in that moment so yeah the ego is simply there to protect us and depending on the environment that we're in when our ego comes up the only conclusion that you can draw from that is that we are obviously not feeling safe in the environment Mm. because otherwise why would our ego need to be so present so that's the first yeah this is amazing i knew you'd know um so if we and i'm jumping to conclusions here please feel free to tell me if i'm wrong because i'm going to check my ego now and i'm I'm okay with being wrong uh so if we start to associate that ego so let's say somebody asked me a question in a business setting i don't know the answer but i just kind of wing it because I'm, i'm scared that i won't look like i know what i'm talking about right i'll lose credibility right which is kind of the fear that comes out of it so if I associate that ego comes out, my, my gut or, you know, whatever we want to call that, my instant reaction is just, you know, to run with something I really don't know what I'm talking about. If I associate that with fear, I might have a different reaction. So if I go, wait a minute, that question sparked fear in me, and then I'm able to kind of show that vulnerability, would that then change my behavior? Is that a good way to, and I don't know the answer to this. So would, would, would that be a good way to handle that? I guess, how do we... Well, I, I would say like, for example, right now, like I am not very comfortable speaking publicly. And because this wasn't something, there was a little bit more of a spontaneous activity that we're doing right now in the recording. I'm noticing uh, personally, I'm noticing that I have a lot of um, anxiety in my system right now. Right. So, but I'm aware of it. 
And so what I'm doing is I'm allowing that anxiety simply to be. And at the same time, I hear myself talking a little bit too much, using too many words, not being as direct in, you know, and that everything is okay at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I find like, it's the awareness, it's the acceptance and, you know, whatever yes. this recording is, it is. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it yeah. doesn't have to be perfect. And in a way, you could call it vulnerability or authenticity. I don't really care about what we want to call it. I think the main point is that I am aware of what I am experiencing in my body right now. And I'm okay with that. I love that. I think that I is think that spot just solved on. it. Yeah. yeah. And then, with, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, that's... I was going to, I was just going to add, I think it takes time for people to develop that level of awareness of what is yeah. happening in their body, yeah. right. To be able to respond like you are, like you, you know, that this is happening, right. but you're, but you're dealing with it. And, and basically, like you just said, I think that is something. Yeah. Great. And the thing what happens often with, cause I was having a conversation about something similar yesterday uh, with a person who was, um, explaining his boss's behavior and how his boss had from several people over the years feedback that he wasn't being a good boss and that the, the person is very dismissive of that, mm. of that kind of feedback. And obviously that person would also be described very easily as, as somebody who has a big ego. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two things I find interesting about the ego. First of all, we have a certain concept of what a big ego is, which is a person like, you know, I can't accept feedback that would be, uh, that would be damaging for my self image mm -hmm. that I have. And, and the second thing is that um, a person like that cannot change. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of the times we are not aware that whenever we notice a person's big ego, we have automatically, every one of us has a judgment to that. And I have received judgment from others and I'm sure that you can relate to that. It feels really, um, it feels very painful mm -hmm. when people judge you. And so imagine that you know, because a person like that knows, he or she knows when a certain weakness, we all know, and we are all able to acknowledge our weaknesses when we feel calm and when we feel that we are in an environment that is non-judgmental, mm -hmm. right? I, yep. I think you've all had people as well, like also with partners, try to tell your partner in a conversation like something that they're not good at or something that, they, that you don't like and you say it with a bit of criticism or judgment or you say it with like full compassion and with true love, like, honey, I know that, you know, and there you have different conversations with a person mm -hmm. that's right yeah so that's the first thing and the second thing about ego is that an ego can also be a person who's really nice oh yeah mm. absolutely that's an ego too yeah because at the end of the day it's all like what have you learned as a behavior that protects you the best that's so true yeah and for I, some people that's being really nice I think you really keyed in, keyed in on something here. That's one of the biggest barriers for somebody's personal evolve, just evolving personally is that yeah. they're not open to change. And that's like the biggest block for mm -hmm. 
you know, growing as a person or growing relationships or growing your career. And I, th- I think that's, you hit the nail on the head that when you have mm. that ego, you're not open to the feedback and then you don't change, you know, you become yeah. stagnant yeah. and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. What do you think, Bo, about eco? Yeah, no, it's funny because every time when we have these conversations with you, Kiki, everything starts going through your head of like, oh, she's really pointing out some stuff here. And and I do that. Like my ego sometimes is being too nice or being kind and nice. So even when I when that impacts me and around these questions of decision making, if I'm on a phone call with a potential client and I start hearing I start hearing like the, I'm going to have a challenge closing this sale, right? Or getting it to the next level, if you will, because I, I start being even more nice. And because yeah. I because I think now that you're talking about it, I think what I'm doing is I'm protecting myself from a rejection, mm-hmm. right? From being rejected and I'm not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to join the program. They're not going to whatever. They're not going to come in and do business with us. So yeah. I want to salvage it's like my, it's like, I'm purposely trying to salvage the relationship and the connection because yeah. I, and I just, I'm just nice. Right. And then, and in, in I'm salvaging the relationship. I'm protecting myself. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an interesting concept. And yeah. even man, and even based on our last conversation we had with you, I started recognizing you made the comment that we don't choose to be negative. Like being negative is not a choice, right. man. I started like, really homing in on that. Like I could, I could feel myself like getting negative when something would happen and, but then start started literally creating like triggers or action points that I could say, okay, we need to change the behavior because I can choose to be positive. Yeah. Right. That's fascinating. Yeah. It is a, it is just totally fascinating to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have that too. Do you have that as well? Look that you notice uh, when you are, because I think last time we talked about it, like that you're naturally quite good in calming other people down when they're yes. having their moments. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, I try to always choose positivity. It's becoming secondhand nature now, almost to a yeah. fault. Right. Yeah. And would you say that in some ways, is that for you because uh, you are aware of what is happening in the present moment or is it because it's simply training and it's sort of like an automatic way of how you behave? It's the latter. It's training. And it's just an automatic way for how I behave. I've, you know, I've done it now for so many years in my life that it's almost my default switch. Yeah. And again, now that you're describing this, it's probably a, a, a protection mechanism, right? A a defense mechanism as well. Right. You know, like, when you soothe people, then you will be safe. That's right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it puts me somewhat back in control, not only of my yeah. own emotions, but then the situation as well. And it's a comfort space I can be in where That's if I go to that negative space, I don't feel in control of myself. I don't feel in control of the situation and I'm out of my element. That's where the fear, that fright yeah. kicks. And that's interesting because that is exactly what the ego does. It controls you. And therefore, you can control the situation or at least have the illusion that you have control. And it protects you from possible, uh, you know, like uh, anger being projected to you. So, yeah, that's that's simply the ego. That's from it. an uncomfortable feeling. 
Yeah. I personally find the more you hear people's background and stories and what they have experienced, the more you will understand also where their ego comes from. Like, I think for me, one of the most insightful things that I heard is this, um, a person who you would consider as to be quite aggressive in his way of communicating and the way he presents ideas in meetings and, and the way his leadership style is. And at the same time, it's the kind of person that when he was young, growing up, and he was a very sensitive person, uh, boy, and one time when he got bullied and came home and was crying, his mom hit him and told him to go out and hit the boys back. Hmm. So, and I think a lot of the times what you'll find is that um, people at work who are aggressive have been trained to be aggressive. Sure. And not necessarily were that way growing up. And I think it's in a way, it's, I find it very sad, mm. you know, when you hear those stories. And I think it can help you also. It doesn't mean that their behavior is good or right. It does allow you to be more compassionate. And that, I think, at the end of the day, helps you to stay calm and to help you to have less judgment. Mm -hmm. And I really think that at the end of the day, the more we can re reframe ourselves from judging other people for their behavior, the more we stay open. And it's really in the openness of space in our interactions with each other that people can breathe out their own anxieties, no matter how that looks like, mm -hmm. and slowly start to get into a more calmer state as well, where they feel less need of protecting themselves and controlling themselves you know and then we can sort of let go of our ego yeah there we go yeah yeah wow i knew you'd know the right answer kiki yeah. i don't know if it's the right answer but yeah <laughs> I, I i definitely find ego to be um very interesting the ego is is, is really like that big brother or sister that came up at some point in your life because it thought it needed to protect you Mm -hmm. And then it sort of like started to take over and it's not, it, it was never meant to take on all that responsibility, you know? So it looks messy and, and on the outside, but they really need somebody to say like, Hey, you no longer need to take on this job. I'm here. Try it. The yeah. trick is to be confident, but also aware of your ego and be able to check it. Absolutely. And yeah. I think for, in the environment, the more people are aware of their own ego and therefore other ego and the less judgment we have towards each other's ego and can really see it more like, hey, you are obviously in need for um, protection and control right now. And I'll let you I'll allow you to have that. Like, who am I to judge why mm -hmm. you should not do that or should do that? And then simply observe yourself and also because how we get triggered by other people's ego. Because other people's ego triggers our ego. It's always a natural interaction between us humans. So mm -hmm. the more you can notice yourself and stay calm uh, to yourself, the more you can create space also for others to do the same thing. And yeah. I think that that's ultimately what creating safety is, right? For what ourselves and others. I Don't agree. So? Yeah, I do. I really right? do. Yeah. yeah. I had experiences where, and you knew this is what was happening, where ego was getting in the way and, and people were told to leave the room and say, leave the room, come back in and check your ego at the door. Yeah. Then you can come back in. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's I'm really sure that helped their ego. 
Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, they were then hurt. Then they were right. hurt. They were like, okay, now I have to control myself. Obviously, this behavior isn't allowed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this has been great, Kiki. Thank you so much for, Thank for joining for us. Thank you for asking. It's a good yeah. question. Good sorry that question. we... Sorry, we caught you off guard a little bit with going right into the the recording. Isn't it interesting though? We're talking about ego, and right away my ego started to like. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very it's it was actually really good to do it this way, I guess. I I agree. It played out in real time, and I got a benefit from you talking yeah. through what you were feeling. I feel yeah. like I got a lot of benefit off of you explaining that reaction and how you were reacting because then I'm like, it's clicking in my head, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I do the same thing, mm-hmm. right. and to watch you go through this in your mind on video here was was great it was helpful yeah very helpful thank, thank you, you. For, it's like a little therapy session for me so thank you for that <laughs> me too, yeah, me too. <laughs> excellent okay okay well, great good stuff thank you so much yeah. um bone luke nation we're gonna call that a wrap does that sound good luke sounds good to me Tune in for a new episode every Thursday. You can subscribe to our email newsletter for information on upcoming guests, giveaways, and more. Rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to our sponsor, Sound United, for quality broadcast audio throughout Season 2.